0: Well, if it didn't feel like Christmas time when you came in this morning, I hope it does when you go out. What a blessing to hear from so many and the worship that God has provided today. Thank you to all who participated. What a blessing, right? You'll notice uh, one thing about Kingsland, we have made a strategic uh, decision. We don't have one night of a big Christmas spectacular all through the month of December. Every Sunday, every worship service, every venue that we gather, we're going to do something special for Christmas. And so I hope that you got a taste of that today and we'll invite your friends and neighbors, loved ones to be with you as we continue Christmas at Kingsland. And that will be the same in the courts and the North Katy campus and everywhere else. God has been so good to us. Well, normally at Christmas time we pause and we usually do a mini series related to something about the Christmas story, whether it's the wise men, the shepherds, uh, something like that, and. And rightly so. There's no greater story, right, than that God loved us enough to enter our world through his son, Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue talking about that, but this year we're going to do it a little bit differently. We are going to continue a series that we've been in, looking at the fruit of the spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, this, uh, these aspects of life in Christ when we're walking in the spirit of God that give us the bandwidth to do certain things. And we're going to look at three probably come up more at Christmas time than any other time, and those are love, joy, and peace. We're going to begin today with the topic of love. Look with me at Galatians 5, 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. And so we're going to hone in on love today. This idea of love and of all the different attributes found in the fruit of the spirit, perhaps this one is the most confusing because we talk about it so often in our world, but in such different terms with different definitions. And so I want us to unpack what it means to love today from a Bible perspective, how does God call us to love that's different from maybe how the world wants us to love? And to understand that, I want us to jump to a parallel passage in the book of First John. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to First John chapter four, not the Gospel of John, but later on the letters that John wrote, First John. So you can go to the end revelation and take a left and you'll find it there. As you're turning to First John chapter four, let me share a couple of items with you. You need to know, uh, first of all, this week, December the 8th, this Wednesday, we have Christmas Blast right here at the Central Campus. Both campuses will combine here, and we will welcome thousands of our neighbors. Here. We'll have snow and sledding outside. We'll have rides and activities for the kiddos. We'll have lots of fun. And, and we'll also have what we call Shop with a Purpose. I believe there's 19 different vendors who will be here this year under the big tent. And these are our mission partners that have developed crafts or are selling something to, to help fund the different missions projects around the world that they're a part of. And so you can enjoy Christmas shopping for your friends and also bless a ministry in an amazing ways. So even, even if you just come so you can meet our neighbors. I hope that you'll come and make them feel welcome. It's going to be a special, special time. And then, as you uh, have heard us already talk about, we set aside the month of December every year to focus on the privilege we have of participating in mission work all around the world. And so I'd like to think every month is missions month at Kingsland, but this month we literally set aside to just think about what the Lord has done. You, uh, If you're a member, have already received in the mail our booklet for the year, Hope for the Nations. And uh, if you haven't, you can pick those up in the hallway here. I hope you'll take it with us. It It tells you all about the different mission projects we're a part of all around the world and some of the things that are coming up. Really excited about. So if you'll take advantage of that. All right. First John chapter 4, And what I want to do today is look at some secrets about biblical love that might surprise you. In fact, they really create a contrast between what the world calls love and what God calls love. And and we see the first one beginning in verses 7 and 8. Would you look on as I read? Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. So it says right there, the first secret of understanding biblical love is this. You need to understand the source of love. He says it right there in verse 7, love is from God. And then he goes a a step further in verse 8 and he actually says God is love. So we can't really understand love unless we understand love. God, God is the source of love. Listen, anyone can love people. Why is that? Because they've been made in the image of God. Whether they know God or, or love God, they, they, it's been written on our hearts. And so everybody inherently understands that. You can go anywhere in the world in any different culture, and they may, they may express love differently, but there's, there's an esteem and a value of love anywhere. I love that God's brought the nations to Katy and to Kingsland, but there's something about love that's quite special. In fact, can I tell you something? In the last service, sitting right back there, I met a family of eight. And uh, it's an amazing story. You remember a few months ago when it was all over the news about what was happening in Afghanistan and the, the refugees came here and some of you who are part of Kings and have been noticed, know that um, along the hallways the last couple of months, we had supplies stacked up that you brought so that we could share love, the love of God with them. And some of you volunteered to drive them from the airport. We continue to just walk alongside uh, these refugee families who came, many with nothing here. There was a family of eight sitting right back here, a Muslim family that two months ago was in Afghanistan, never set foot in a Christian church, but they heard about this place called Kingsland. They kept showing them God's love, and they said, we just have to see this, and they were here today because of the love of God. Do you see? That is a universal language that God has given us. Incidentally, this is the Achilles heel of atheism or agnosticism or naturalism or whatever you want to call it. Because the idea that if you take God out of the equation, we have no reason to love. Now it doesn't mean that there aren't loving agnostics. We know people probably who don't believe in God, right? Who are loving, you can be loving, but you don't have an ought. You you can't really explain a reason why. Because if we're all a part of microbial processes and that's how we became, then there's no explanation for love. Love must come from God. And the fact that there is love is evidence for a creator God, don't you see? Uh, because you could even make the argument, well, the reason we love is because we're going to survive if we care for one another in community. Well, by definition, that's not really love because that's really more about self-preservation. That's not love. I've met several people through my life who came to faith when they had children because they realized there's no natural reason for me to have this kind of affection for someone. I'd literally give my life for this little person you see there's something about love that comes from God when we understand that now it helps us to contextualize this thing that God has given us love has a source and the source is God incidentally this also means that as we know more of God we have more capacity to love I like to think of it this way. Imagine that there is a love pyramid. And so at the top of the pyramid is God. God is love. That's what the text tells us. And let's imagine that either of the bottom corners, what we have are you and someone else you're in relationship with. Maybe it's you and your spouse, or you and a sibling, or you and a dear friend, or you and a family member, a parent, a child. And see, if we draw closer to God, we grow in our love relationship with God, guess what automatically happens? we start to grow in our love relationships to one another. It's just natural. But conversely, if we we lose that understanding of the love that God has for us, we naturally end up moving away in our other horizontal relationships as well. That's how it works. Why? Because God is the source of love. That is the source of love. Let me tell you another secret in this text. I want you to see the selflessness of love. The selflessness of love. Now, to appreciate how selfless love is, you need to understand the Greek word that Paul used in Galatians 5, and it's the same word that John uses in 1 John chapter 4. This is a Greek word that means, it is agape, agape. Agape means sacrificial love. This isn't just a desire or a feeling, it's a sacrificial love. If you have affection for somebody, because of what they give to you, that is not agape love, do you understand? That's not biblical love. So in a way, to say selfless love is redundant. It's like saying Lake Tahoe, do you know Tahoe means lake, so you're saying lake, lake, or the Los Angeles angels. Uh, Los Angeles means the angels, you're saying the angels, angels. And so when we say agape, agape love, we're being redundant, agape love is selfless love. That's what it is. That's the heart of it. So what's the opposite of love? It's not hate. The opposite of love is consumption. Consumption. Well, I love you, but what I'm really saying sometimes is you're just going to give me something and so I have affection for all that you give me. That's not biblical love at all. It's like the difference between a gift and a bank. So if I find you after the service today and I say, I just want you to know how much I love you and so I I just wanna give you a gift and I give you a, a gift, a monetary gift. You say, thank you so much, what I owe you? And I say, nothing, that's the point. I just wanna show my love to you, right? Now, contrast that with, if I go later on today to the ATM machine at my bank and I put my card in and type in a number and spit some money out, I'm not gonna call in and say, you're not gonna believe how much the bank loves me. Man, they gave me some money. I just put my card in and they gave me some money. So you can say, no, that's not love. Why? That's just a transaction. They're just giving you your money back. In fact, even more, if you borrow money from a bank, they're not saying, I love you. They're saying they want more back than what you gave them. And and that's how a lot of people consider love this transactional thing. Well, I'm gonna give you something and maybe I get something back and we'll pretend like that's love. No, that's not what the scripture has to say at all. You see, love is not a reciprocation. Love is the standard of selflessness. In fact, the example that's given in scripture is Jesus. Look at verses nine and 10. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent, his only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's the essence of Christmas, isn't it? Love. God knew we had this broken world. We were sinful people, hopeless on our own. We couldn't have access to the Lord. And so God entered into our broken world to give us Uh, access to the father by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. You see, that's love. So he says, we need to love one another. And here's the example in verses nine and 10. it's, It's how Jesus has loved you. And it's a completely selfless love. There is no logical reason for Jesus to have done what he did apart from love for you that's the love that we have as a standard it is selfless love can I say a word to single men single women in the room if you're in a relationship where everything's give or take where where the only time that affection is shown to you is when strings are attached that's not love you need to get out of that relationship that's debilitating and it's not a reflection of the heavenly father and married people in the room, we have been given this privilege of reflecting the image of God's love to one another and demonstrating selfless, kind love. In fact, Hey, listen, God may put people in your life who don't know about that love and you're just gonna pour into them and they seem unlovable. You need to do that, but you can only do that if you have a base of healthy love and relationships from the Lord and other relationships in your own life. That's what God has invited us to do. We see selfless love here, do you see? My natural instinct is to show reciprocal affection, but my supernatural opportunity is to demonstrate sacrificial love. We see the source of love. We see the selflessness of love. And finally, I want to show you the reason for love. Now, some of you are thinking, Pastor, you couldn't come up with one more S word, you know, so you can finish out your outline. The reality is, I looked at thesaurus.com and everything trying to come up, but I wanted clarity instead. And this is such a powerful point. That's the the word that really tells it. The, 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 The result of our love, the reason for our love, the way that we can reciprocate is born out of what we see in this text and and it all comes out of verse 11. Listen to the power of this verse. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, what way? The way we just read about. If God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. He is raising the bar, do you see? He's saying, listen, I'm not just saying we should love one another. I'm saying in light of what Jesus has shown to the world, he has raised the value of the people around you because he's shown love to them. And in light of that, that's how we should love one another. The point John is making, when we understand the overwhelming lengths to which Christ has come to solve our sin problem, when we recognize that the people who seem farthest from deserving of our love, they have that value to God. It should raise their value in our hearts and our minds. You see? So I'll give you an illustration. Like some of you, our home is our most significant investment. Sometimes it costs money to maintain, but it's a very significant investment. It has high value, so we care for it. So if something breaks in our house, let's say the hot water heater breaks, and I call a, repair, uh, a repairman, and they come to the house and say, listen, it's going to cost you $1,000 to fix this. I'm not going to go. Well, just leave it broken then. I mean, you know, who cares, right? No, it's going to be painful, but I'm going to fix it. Why? Because that house has a lot more value than that cost. And so I'm just not going to leave it to be disposable. I'm going to fix the problem. Now, let's contrast that with something else that happened just a couple of weeks ago. Len and I, like some of y'all, we decorated for Christmas. We got the Christmas tree out. We have this pre-lit Christmas tree. I know some of you have really fancy Christmas trees you get out of these fancy catalogs. We're the kind of people, we go to Hobby Lobby in January to see what's left, you know, and we get that tree. And so we get the pre-lit and all that. But here's what happens when you get a tree like that. Every now and then you get it out and guess what? You ever had those bald spots where the lights don't come on? And so we turned it on this time and there was like a section. If you go in our house, you look real close, you see about a foot from the bottom, like there's no lights there. And so I did what all good electricians do. I kind of shook it, you know, <laughs> nothing happened. So instead what I did is kind of fiddle with the branches to guard it, pull some up and push some down to kind of make it make a little more lit in that place. And so we're going to go with it one more year. But, you know, if I brought somebody in to repair my tree, and they said, you know what, Ryan, you're gonna to have to fix this and it's gonna cost about $1,000. What am I gonna say? No. Nope, nope, I'm gonna get me a new tree. That's what I'm gonna do. Why? Because that tree does not have the value equivalent for that investment like the hot water heater did. Do you understand the difference? What verse 11 is saying is he's saying, brothers, we should love one another. Look at what Christ did for you and how he showed love to the world. Now look through that lens at the value of the people around you and that's how you should love. That's the investment you should make. Do you see the difference? When we understand that the people around us are those for whom Christ died, everything changes. We have an opportunity this Christmas church to share the love of Christ in a very tangible way with the people around us Pastor Omar mentioned it in the video of our offering today, this 5511 project that, that, that where Isaiah says, my word will not return void. And so we printed up, he mentioned 10,000. I believe there are 13,000 copies of the gospel of Luke that are available outside in the foyer today, in the hallway that you can take with you. He mentioned five or six. I hope that I mean, that's per person in your house. You'll take 20 or 30 and you'll share them with everybody who you might have a chance to bless this year, whether it's a store clerk or a family friend or a classmate or a coworker, anybody like that. You take that with them. Maybe you share a a present with them or a note and give them a copy of this. We have sprinkled some articles that talk a little bit about the things that we hold dear in our vision that we know will matter to everybody. Like... The habits, uh, resting matters to everyone. Blessing your children matters to everyone. Gathering with, uh, with, in community, going to places that are uncomfortable, everybody understands those. And then we have a chance to share the, the, the wonderful news of, of Jesus Christ. And so I'll tell you what we're going to do in the rush house we have, uh, by the grace of God, been able to cultivate wonderful relationships with those in our cul-de-sac and our neighborhood. And uh, we just have amazing neighbors. They're good to us. We have a good time together. And so we're going to get together next, uh, next Sunday afternoon and have a cul-de-sac gathering. And everybody's going to bring a dish from their home country. So next door to us, we have India. Next to them is England. And next to them is China. Next to them, down a ways, is Louisiana, wherever that is, you know. So we have all these countries. And they all going to bring food from their own country and we're going to celebrate together and it'll be a great time. But I'll tell you what else we're going to do. We're going to give them a gift for Christmas and uh, Lana's in charge. I mean, it'll be something like a fruit basket. I don't know what she's doing. And then we'll, we'll have a little note from us and this hope for your home. And it's gonna say something like this. We feel so honored to be a part of this cul-de-sac with those such wonderful neighbors. And we wanted to share something that's really precious to the Rush family. And in fact, we know that you all have really amazing backgrounds and we'd love to hear your story as well. You see, and that's true. I would love to hear their stories. And so we have a chance to hear that. There's nothing offensive about sharing the reason uh, you, you love other people and you love the Lord. And so find a way to do that where you're not just saying, you better read this right now. No, you're sharing a gift, the gift of life with somebody. Uh, several years ago, we were living in Austin. Landon and I had a babysitter that uh, took great care of Lily, our, uh, our youngest. And she was from Vietnam. As we got to know her, we discovered she comes from a Buddhist background. And so we got to talk a little bit about her background. And I told her one day, I said, Julie, I'll make a deal with you. I'll read a book with you about Buddhism and you read a book about Christianity. And then we can talk about it. She said, that's a great idea. I'll do that. She said, the problem is I don't know what to tell you about Buddhism. I, don't, I might have to read that too. I don't know anything. That's just where we do the funerals in our family is the, the temple. And so we went to Barnes & Noble, got a book, and we learned a little bit about Buddhism. And then she said, okay, what book do you want me to read about Buddhism? Christianity, and I said, We're going to read a book called John, the Gospel of John. We read that together and got to have some good conversations. And I will tell you um, that we, Lana's done a great job of staying in, uh, in contact with her through the years. It didn't happen all at once, and God continued to put other people in her path. But today she's walking with the Lord and she's in a church, and God's using that. And it's just a reminder the Word of God does not return void, folks. And so I hope you'll take advantage of that. Why? Not just because this is a good strategy. No, why? Because of the love of God and because God loves those people around you and he's given you the capacity by the grace of God to love those people around you. I wonder whether somebody walked into church today who's never heard that before, that God loves you, And today is the day when you'll trust in Jesus as your Savior and Lord and experience that renewed, that relationship that only he can bring through Jesus. There's others of you, you know the Lord Jesus, but maybe God's gonna write on your heart a number of people that you might share the love of God with this Christmas season. Even as we distribute copies of the word of God literally all around the world and celebrate that together this month. Would you bow with me as we close? I'm gonna pray for us in just a moment and then we'll have an opportunity to respond, As you bow your heads, I just want to speak over you the words of a wonderful old song that speaks about this. Could we with ink the ocean's fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry? Nor could the whole contain the scroll, though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure the saints' and angels' song. Is that your song today? The song of the love of God? Are you sharing that love with the people around you? And so, Heavenly Fathers, we close this time. God, we're reminded of how much you've shown love to us, how much you love us. We are so So humbled by that, blown away, God. And Father, forgive us for the times that we reduce love to something far less than that. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, would you you empower us to love like you love as we leave here today? I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.